0: We are in the second week of a sermon series, and if you were not here last week, you can still catch that. Like, that is on a podcast. Um, there's a Eunice and Christian Church podcast, but also um, the YouTube page. You can catch it there as well. Um, the name of the sermon series is called Called. Um, we're talking about being in ministry, and all of us are called to ministry. I said last week at the beginning of the sermon, the moment you give your life to Christ, you have something to offer someone who hasn't, right? And that's okay. That's that's something, honestly, for us to rehearse and to remember because that is truth. For so long, many of us have been kept out of and excluded from being engaged in the life of, of ministry and that's not how this works. All of us are a piece of that puzzle. And last week we talked about identity being that part, the, the call. You're not called to a work, you're called to a being. Who have you called me to be, God? And how have you called me to be who I am, right? Those are those questions from last week. Um, if you see this next slide, it was just a reminder of the things that we're talking about. Last week, we talked about receiving the call. Mm-hmm. This week, talking about cultivating capacity. Right. Next time we get together, because we're right next week, combined service. But after that, the first week of June, embracing the charge, and then last week being called together. Mm-hmm. So. Nothing. No fancy title for this sermon. It's just called Cultivating Capacity. <laughs> Nothing fancy. I like fancy titles, but sometimes just get straight to the point, dude. <laughs> Cultivating Capacity. <laughs> one, of the most, one of the more challenging elements of navigating this joint call to ministry is the tension and balance of capacity. Sometimes we got it, and sometimes we just don't. Being real about that. Being real and being, and honestly, being healthy as a community to not overwhelm each other simply because things need to get done. Like one of the things that we've had to remind each other as church planters here is that whenever you start something, and really not just when you start something, in life in general, we're always operating with holes in something, right? Think about like your family life, your home life. If everything was perfect, (laughs) there's always a hole somewhere. It's okay. The laundry didn't get done the way that you planned for it this week. It's a very busy week. You're planning for a wedding. (laughs) So everybody, you don't get five home cooked meals, you get five restaurant meals. (laughs) That's okay. That's I think when we when we really think about it, just like our home life is an ongoing, continuous thing, that the reality is you cannot Pull it off perfectly every single time. Ministry is that way too. It's an ongoing, continuous thing that you cannot pull off perfectly every single time. And when we place unnecessary pressure on each other to pull it off perfectly every single time, then ultimately what we end up doing is causing each other to live in anxiety about ministry then some of us leave ministry. And, and what I mean ministry, I'm not just saying those of us who are pastors. I'm talking, you stop greeting. You stop serving in children's ministry. You stop talking to your neighbors about Jesus. You stop praying because all this anxiety around being in ministry, being this calling. And it's because we put pressure on each other to basically pull off an event every single day, and that's not a thing. So we had to remind each other at the beginning of even planting, we're going to operate with holes, and that's okay. And we can't stress ourselves out trying to fill all those holes because ultimately we won't want to be here in two years. (laughs) Just saying that from a pastor's standpoint, I appreciate the fact that we get to be real like that. We I appreciate that. I appreciate the fact that y'all know I have kids that play soccer. Saints? <laughs> Why? Because I can say, yeah, the kids got a soccer game and not feel any guilt and or anxiety about not being able to get back to your text and or email and or phone call. And let me tell you now, not every pastor has that. <laughs> That is a blessing to me. But it's a blessing to us, too, that we can not heap that on upon each other. But there is also this other side. Cultivating capacity also means that I'm stretching so that I'm not so quickly overwhelmed. There's, right? There's a line. There's a, there's a line. There's a balance. Right. If it's always at my capacity, well, then unison will only be at whatever the capacity of our abilities are. But we are, and we are connected to a limitless God. Amen. Right. Limitless God. So really, there's a stretching, too, that comes to that's a part of this. And we hold both of those realities intention. And so right now, we're talking about what does it look like to cultivate and grow that capacity for ministry. We'll be in Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 through 16, and then James chapter 1, verses 2 through 8. This first portion of Scripture should sound familiar because I actually read it last week. That's the cool thing about sermon series. You get to like do a little bit of blending and weaving and all of that stuff, right? So Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 through 16 say, Now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standards of Christ. Then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. Some of your Bibles say like every new doctrine. Like, if your Bible says doctrine, like, just real quick, like a little bit of a wave. Like, yes. Like, we will not be influenced by people trying to trick us with lies so clever they sound like the truth. Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. I'm going to go back to a few of those verses. But I wanted to actually complete Paul's thought so that you could catch some of the little puzzle pieces that he's throwing out. Last week I talked about the fact that, like, we've heard that apostle, prophet, evangelist, and prophet, or I mean, preacher and teacher and pastor, that's that five-fold ministry idea, and many of us feel like we need to figure out where we are in that. I want to pause and say that that's not everybody, and that's, that's okay. That's not the point. Those individuals are desi- they are here and gifted to help build up the church, and that building up of the church is so that all of us do the work together. Yeah. But I want to actually go to Ephesians 4, verse 13. If you can go back a few slides to 13, this work, talking about those, that five-fold ministry in terms of building up the church, will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith. Mm-hmm. If I had a paper Bible, I'd underline that. Because I have a backlit Bible, I have a number of other little tools, too. You can use your highlight. You can underline there too. Copy, paste, put it in a note. (laughs) This work will continue until we come to such unity in our faith. Unity in our faith is an important piece of this puzzle. So often we talk about growing in Christ. So often we talk about ministry and we're talking very individualistically. I am called to this. I am this. This is what I do. And I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with that, but I want us to not miss that Paul is not saying that this work will continue until you individually are mature. Unity is a piece of the puzzle. He actually mentions unity before he even mentions maturity. And I think that's an important puzzle piece. That's an important thing for us to remember. Anytime we're talking about ministry, anytime Paul is giving a list of gifts and or areas in which people serve in ministry and identities, he's always talking about the way in which they're knit together. And we don't always talk about that. You take your spiritual gifts assessment and then you go off and you start prophesying on social media. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with functioning in the way that you're gifted. But you're not gifted at all to do it by yourself. That is never a thing. Never been a thing. That's why Paul continues to talk about this body of Christ. And he points out this idea that this work will continue until the unity of our faith is realized and the knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord. Right? Going on to the next verse, 14, then we will no longer be immature like children. I want to, this is a moment for me and probably for many of us where some conviction might hit. You maturing by yourself is immature. You maturing by yourself is immature. If the very first element to this growing and this capacity being stretched in our ministry by these, five, these apostles, these teachers, these pastors, they're there to help us to grow in our capacity for ministry, if one of the first elements that we see in Scripture that shows that we're growing in our capacity is that we're united, if you mature by yourself, you're immature. That's actually how we end up getting tossed back and forth by every wind of new teaching is you go off and you start doing research on YouTube by yourself. Don't act like you don't act. Don't act like you don't know people that don't Look, you know, you do it. You get on YouTube and you start watching every video and the way social media is set up, it leads you to another video, which leads you to another video, which leads you to another video. And all of a sudden you are climbing up a Capitol building. Wait. (laughs) <laughs> Listen, I know, I know, I know. I just stepped on some people's toes. I'm sorry. That's okay. I'm not talking about the process of climbing up the building. I'm talking about what got individuals there. It's traveling down a rabbit hole by yourself, not connected to anybody whom you're actually doing life and or ministry with, yes. that allows us. And this is on every side of any spectrum, every side of any spectrum. Yes. Of any spectrum. Yes. I have seen that happen even my, in my own life. Where people whom I know and love and trust get caught in a spiral of doing research on their own. And here's what I'm saying. Listen, I'm not saying that we're not intelligent humans and we can't discern. Nope, I'm not saying that at all. Please hear me very clearly. That's not what I'm saying. But I am saying that if if Scripture tells us that we need to be doing this together, I don't care how smart I am. If I'm maturing, alone, I'm immature. Oh, I told you that's why I said some conviction will set in. Let it sit there for a second. Then we won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to check us with lies so clever they sound like the truth. Instead, we will speak the truth in love. All of a sudden starts talking about preserving that unity. Some of us have learned and grown so much. We know scripture in and out because we've matured on our own and have no ability to speak that truth in love. This is what maturity looks like. Oh, man. I know. I, look. I know. I, I, look, my feelings were hurt this week, too. I'm just being honest. If the Bible doesn't convict us, we ain't reading it right. <laughs> That's just the truth. If we, if we make it through the whole, all of Scripture and nothing ever steps on my toes and nothing ever makes me feel uncomfortable or question myself, then to be honest with you, I'm not reading it right. And what I mean by I'm not reading it right, I'm not reading it vulnerably. I've already come with all the knowledge that I have and I need nothing else from God at that point. So you may as well pick up a People magazine because it's the same at that point. You may as well just pick up Ebony. it should make us feel a bit uncomfortable. Yeah. Right. That's right. And so for those of us who we love to study, we love to read, and we want to immediately tell everybody all the things that we've learned off in the wilderness by ourselves. My first responsibility is loving my neighbor as myself when it comes to sharing truth share the truth in love. If I'm just sharing truth, it's immature. Doesn't mean it's wrong. It's immature. Right? Verse 16, he makes the whole body fit together perfectly as each part does its special work, it helps the other parts grow. This is why I said we can't just go off on our own. You Can't just go, even missionaries, you don't just go off on your own. What do you mean? I'm called to go to Uganda. Yeah, go to Uganda. But if you're doing the work by yourself, then you're missing the whole work Because every part of the work helps the other part grow. Every part helps the other part grow so that the whole body of Christ is healthy and growing and full of love. So, a note. Maturing in Christ results in unity marked by love. If it doesn't look like this, it ain't mature. I know that's, those words strung together isn't, a Bible verse, but it's the truth of what this portion of Scripture is saying. Maturity in Christ Mm -hmm. results in unity marked by love. And the truth is, if it doesn't look like that, it's not actually maturing. Yes, it's gaining knowledge, but that's not the same as maturing. Yes, it's cultivating a skill set. What? Ministry, yeah, it's a skill set. Yes. <laughs> it's not just, like, I know that, like, that, that may feel way too pragmatic for most of us. But the truth is, preaching is a skill set. Amen. <laughs> Amen. It's, not ju- it's not just, a, like, something that, like, the Holy Spirit just does. You grow and mature in that. It's a skill set. Singing is a, ma- skills- it's a skill set. Teaching children is a skill set. Greeting is a skill set. Listen. Yeah. And not everybody's a greeter. <laughs> it's okay. It's all right. You know, you know you walked into that church like that brother is not a greeter. <laughs> Somebody put him on the security team. <laughs> right? Not because he's mean, it's just he's ominous. Like you, you walk in and all of a sudden I feel intimidated. I'm probably not the best greeter. <laughs> like, got a smile and a really big hand. No. It's okay, it's a skill set. It's not a skill set that everybody has to have either. That's not the point. Because we all have a part of the work and we all help each other grow. Some of us are skilled at taking care of buildings and because of the way in which we do not honor people who take care of buildings they are insecure about their ministry some of us are skilled at helping infants and toddlers settle your baby whisperers, but because of the ways in which we do not honor serving in children's ministry for real, Uh Uh real. they are insecure about their area of ministry. Mm -hmm. But if we were to actually Treat this like Jesus treats this. People cleaning toilets would get more honor than me. That's what it is. That's just the truth. I know everybody wants me to get the biggest piece of cake, but the reality is the ones changing diapers and cleaning toilets are the ones who should truly be getting the biggest piece of cake. That is what it looks like in the kingdom of God. We don't always do that well. Shame on us. May we be convicted and repent of it. If it doesn't look like unity marked by love, it's not mature. And a part of that unity is recognizing every single role. And if we don't recognize every single role, then we look like the church looks now. There's whole documentaries about narcissistic pastors, whole books written about it, people being neglected and abused in their churches because we don't do the unity marked by love well. Help us, Lord. Help us, Lord, right? If it doesn't look like unity marked by love, it's immature. James, though, has some things to to say about us stretching this capacity, right? I wanted, to talk, I wanted to start there in that idea of cultivating capacity because that's the foundations of it. But there's another element to this. If it's a, it's a tree, it's got two branches. Mm-hmm. Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, mm-hmm. consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. If you need wisdom, ask our generous God, and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. But when you ask him, be sure that your faith is in God alone. Do not waver, for a person with divided loyalty is an unsettled Excuse me. is as unsettled as a wave of the sea that is blown and tossed by the wind. Sound familiar, those words? <laughs> Such people should not expect to receive anything from the Lord, for their loyalty is divided between God and the world, and they are unstable in everything they do. We're talking about cultivating capacity for this call. And this is a point in which we have tension, and it's okay. It's a part of our family to not run away from the tension, but to actually step into it. That's kind of how we do it here. The tension is, while it is not my desire to overwhelm my sister and my brother, there is truth to the way in which our capacity as people and in ministry is matured, is stretched, is grown, is actually going through some stuff. It's trials. A few years ago, I did a heart talk, um, and we talked about how our pain in life, we run away from it, then um, it is, in essence, really, it's, it has, um, I want to say it's useless. It's useless. And that sounds weird to say that, but there does come a point for those of us who have given our life to Christ in which we can take that pain, work with some counselors, work with some community folks, and also plant that pain and it becomes a seed. And as I care for and become healthy and heal from that pain, that pain grows into a tree Bearing fruit for those around me to eat. Because there are people who are going to experience very similar pain and who will walk with them. Right? That's really, the, at the end of the day, as because, I, because of this connectedness that I have to the Holy Spirit, all of the things that I endure have the capacity now for being fruit for somebody else. Separate from the Holy Spirit, it's just Trauma. Separate from the Holy Spirit, it's just bad. <laughs> yeah. So let's pause there for a second, because this is where sometimes we get a little bit mixy and crazy, like, okay, the Lord put me through that so that I can go through ministry. Nope, I'm not saying that. No, it's like the words of the song, you take what the enemy meant for evil and you turn it for good. Yeah. Right? That's, that's, th- those lyrics are taken out of the concepts in Scripture. <laughs> Right? It's this idea that when I go through challenges in life, I can either go through the challenge in life that's going to be there inevitably and it ends when that challenge ends, or I go through the challenge and I also allow the Holy Spirit to do something there. And when the Holy Spirit gets a hold of that challenge in my life, Mm -hmm. then my daughter my nephew my neighbor my coworker has fruit to eat that will help them navigate what they're going through that's how this works it's a it, when i say when you enter into the tension yep there is truth to it Some of us endure more than others. Can't get away from it. We can't get away from it. We look at one of my favorite persons in Scripture, Joseph. That dude went through a lot of stuff. (laughs) A whole lot of stuff. Literally being sold by his family which that would have been a lot in and of itself and also at the end of that the call for Joseph was it opposite equivalent to the stuff he had to go through i'm not this is not one of those messages where I tell you that God has a purpose for everything you deal with. Nope. This is a message, though, where I say that God will redeem that which we deal with. And that's the point. I don't, it is when people say, like, oh, there's a reason for everything. Nope. 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 There's not a reason why that person abused you. No. That's a lie. That is a lie. And we can call that a lie because then we begin excusing people's sin by saying that God's going to use their sin. No, that's not what this is. What this is, is God is so good that He does not care about their sin as a barrier for Him redeeming things. And the intensity of the sin that they enacted upon you, I will redeem to that same intensity and or more. Countless people will eat off of the tree that I'm growing in you. Countless people will eat off of the tree that I'm growing in you. Oh, that's hard though, because I told you we're entering into the tension. If that is the hope that I have, That's why James says, count it joy when you're going through trials. It's not because I like what's happening. It's because I have a hope that as I endure this, something happens inside of me that is not just beneficial for me. Also, countless generations, countless generations will eat off of this tree too. And when we talk about being called to ministry, that's a piece of the puzzle. James is one of them upside-down people, and it's because he's Jesus' little brother. He, he, later on in this same chapter, talks about those of you who are poor should count yourselves (laughs) honored because you have great faith. And those of you who are rich, you should boast in your humility because you're going to fade away like the (laughs) grass and the leaves or grass and the flowers. James is upside down, but he's not upside down in terms of kingdom principles. In terms of kingdom principles, our trials are the equipping for ministry. It's not actually my degree. Listen, it's okay. That's all right. I know there's some, there's some pastors, there's some preachers out there that will preach me literally under a chair. <laughs> and they have not gone to seminary. But they have spent 40 years going through some hard stuff and have story after story of God's goodness. Testimony after testimony of his faithfulness. I'm glad I got to go to school, but let me not be in any way confused that that is what has equipped me to actually be able to serve in ministry. Let that not also confuse our church family either. Your training is there as a tool to use in ministry, but it is not the thing that equipped you for it. Oh, man, that, that makes some of us really uncomfortable. I know. It's all right. This is that whole sermon series. I you, this whole sermon series is going to be uncomfortable. Welcome. <laughs> it's a tool to use. But what equips us to do ministry and what grows our capacity in it is challenges. Oh, and so, our capacity for the call is matured through trials. I don't know for some of us, we need to sit with that because we're going through some stuff right now. And that's OK. I want to be very clear in saying, this is not suck it up. It has, a, it has a purpose, and just use it for that purpose. I feel like we hear that too much. There's a balance here of compassion, and that balance is it is hard to navigate life sometimes. Yeah. And definitely when people heap their issues upon you. Right. I am in no way saying that this is God's plan for, for helping us do ministry well, so let's suck it up, church. No. No not at all. It's hard. And some of us are gifted with mercy. And our part of our role is not just feeding the homeless. That's a part of it. A part of our role is going to people who are a part of our family who are struggling and being compassionate to help that part grow. Right? And some of y'all have gone through the most. Sorry if that was your spiritual gift assessment result was mercy. And you start looking back over your life and, yep, sorry. But you have so many. You have a whole orchard for our church family and for our community. Go when you see somebody struggling. This is not a compassionless sermon, Mm -hmm. but it is a real one. And for those of us who just want the challenge to be done, the sad news is sometimes it's not done because I'm still growing. I'm still growing. I'm still being, and I'm actually at this point really kind of like talking to myself. Because I'm in a season of, I'm like, Lord, can it just be done? Nah, son, it's not done yet. Man, I just want it to be done. I know. Can we already be there? I know where we're going. No. It's okay. That's what the family is for. If you're doing it by yourself, it's not mature. It's not, right, if you're maturing by yourself, it's not mature. Yes, in the study, uh uh-huh. If you're maturing in that way by yourself, it's not mature. If you're going through the trials by yourself, it's not mature. If we're going to do this well, then we are united, and we acknowledge all of the gifts that are in the room. And sometimes the gifts that are in the room are somebody who I can tell my stuff to. And they not judge me. Yes. They not even try to give me advice. Yes. They just say, you know what? I'm going to enter that valley yes. with you. Whoa. That's why we have to do it together. That's why Paul keeps talking about doing it together. If we're going to stretch our capacity for ministry, and that means all of us, because all of us are called to ministering to this community or the communities where you live, because I know we got people from out of town here. (laughs) If you're going to actually minister to those people, it will not be because you are super good at what you do. It will be because you had unity with those whom you serve with and you allowed the Holy Spirit to use the junk in your life to be redeemed for fruit for those people whom we serve. That's kind of it. So, I know some of us have some things right now. Honestly, it's okay. We have things now that we are struggling with, processing. We're currently in a trial that James is talking about, and I'm currently trying to run from it. Waking up every morning wishing it was done. It's okay. Don't let it be a moment of condemnation. Just let it be a moment where, like, okay, this portion of Scripture says that I need to find some joy here. Holy Spirit, help me to have hope for what's on the other side of this. And I'm not telling you to do that by yourself. We have prayer partners that I'm going to ask to be on the side, even if it is. I don't want to tell all the details right now, but I just need somebody to hope with me for the fruit that we're talking about. That's okay. I'm struggling pushing through this. Help me. Just pray for endurance for me. Yep, it's fine. But even before then, I just want to give us a minute. I'm going to pray, and then um, while that's happening, you two can go to different, you know, on the sides. Father, we thank thank you that you call us and equip us and because of your amazing goodness your mercy and your grace you take that which has been trials and challenges and you redeem it we do not in any way declare that all struggles that we experience are tools in your hand But we absolutely believe that every single thing that we face, you can and will redeem. And so, Holy Spirit, you know the challenges that we've faced. You know the depths of those challenges as well. Give us a glimpse of who you are making us into, and who you are calling us to minister to. Give us a glimpse. We are to be your vessels, your workers here, God. That's what we're here for, is to serve you and this world. Give us a glimpse of what that is. And Lord, may that also be a part of the peace and resolving that which we've struggled with is that we see those whom will struggle less because of us. Thank you. And we surrender to that. We surrender to that. Help us. Help us.